0: Fake, fake, fakety-fake.
1: Hi, I'm Jody. I'm Caitlin. And welcome to Imperial News, where I spend my whole week listening to the far-right podcast, Rebel News, and then talk about supreme death with my friend Caitlin. Great. How are you, Caitlin?
2: I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Jody?
1: I'm doing pretty good. It's weird doing, like, these little, uh, you know, small talk when we just recorded yesterday. (laughs)
2: Yeah, there's not much new going on, right? No,
1: not much new. But I will take this opportunity to remind people that we're doing a, or at least I'm doing, I don't know, Caitlin hasn't told me whether they've committed or not. but <laughs> I'm doing a live stream this Friday, October 2nd at 8pm on Twitch. And if it goes well, I will continue to do it. Uh, this is kind of going to be like a test run. And the idea of it is that we will be watching some clips that I've selected from Ezra. And patrons who uh, donate $10 or more can join the voice chat. And we can all criticize Ezra together. A fun party. (laughs) And then for those who who aren't patrons uh, or who are lower patrons, uh, you can join the the text chat and join in and watch live. I'm not sure whether or not I'm going to post them afterwards uh, because I feel... Given that like, we'll be playing the whole clip of Ezra, I'm like worried about like legal issues there, but uh, we'll see. Anyways, I might post them, I might not, but you can at least watch them live when they happen. So, and that'll be Friday, October 2nd, 8pm for the first one, so please watch? Yeah? <laughs> Caitlin's still not going to commit. She's not going to no. commit. <laughs> and now the Imperial Roundup.
0: Hello, my rebels. Hello, my rebels. I'm a good boy. I'm a weirdo.
1: This is what happened on The Rebel from September 21st to September 25th. As COVID is beginning to surge again across Canada, and in particular Ontario, Ezra is again downplaying the severity of the virus and its prevalence. A large reason for the rise of COVID in Ontario is Doug Ford's conservative government. They opened too fast, did not prepare for the new school season, and then didn't have the testing infrastructure to deal with it. But for Ezra, the problem was that Ford hasn't completely opened up everything. He is even mad at Ford for criticizing anti-mask protests. And Ezra says that people are not dying of COVID anymore, even though six people died across Canada the day he recorded this episode.
2: Ezra interviews Catherine Swift of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. The CFIB is an anti-union, anti-tax, pro-privatization, conservative organization that is now promoting the idea that businesses need to open up during a pandemic. On top of that, Swift is also advocating that governments need to rein in in spending. They don't even discuss why. It is simply taken as a given.
0: Now, I, I have in my hand here your, your plan for Canadians for Responsible Recovery, and you've got six key points, and I wanna whip through them. Let me read the title of each of these six to you, and you give me a one-sentence explanation. So I wanna be able to get through all six, so these'll be short snappers. Uh, Your first one is, we have to curtail public spending, not expand it. Give me a sound bite on that.
2: Well, Frankly, the fact that that should even need explanation.
0: Yeah. Is, well, is, yeah. I, guess I mean, if only Trudeau me. would read it.
2: Okay. The second point. At one point, Swift actually tries to suggest that she is pro-environment and believes in climate change, only for Ezra to cut her off and snap back. You know, having having a middle ground where yes, you're doing some sensible things that actually accomplish something for the environment, but at a cost that is sustainable for our country and our economy.
0: I think I'm more conservative than you on that. I I don't think that. Um, carbon emissions are actually a problem. I believe in fighting real pollution, particulate pollution. Um, I want clean air, clean water, clean soil. But carbon dioxide itself, I think, is the stuff of life and but let's set that aside for a second. And
2: I don't disagree with you there, Ezra, because yeah. I was I was referring to it writ large. Right. You know. Yes, we but, do have an issue with plastics in our waterways. You know. And well, but again, even that's
0: the, the more notion of a of using... problem in China and India and Africa. Well,
1: precisely. Kian Bext harassed Liberal MP Catherine McKenna over a tweet he took out of context. In the tweet, McKenna wrote, "I think there's a lot that we can do, but the social media companies themselves need to step up. We don't have to regulate everything." But if you can't regulate yourselves, governments will. A lot of online right-wing sources spun this to say that McKenna and the liberals want to regulate everything, which is not what she said. In response to Kian stalking her, McKenna accused Rebel of leading a campaign of harassment against her. Ezra downplays the extent to which this is true, but again plays an old out-of-context clip of her saying politicians lie when she was at a comedy event. This isn't just benign ribbing on Ezra's part, McKenna has had her office graffitied with misogynistic language and a constituent barged into her office harassing her staff. Although you will never know how much Ezra contributed to those actions in terms of emboldening the perpetrators, he is definitely contributing to a culture that finds this kind of harassment acceptable.
2: Ezra interviews climate denier and garbage human Mark Morano about his new film Climate Hustle 2, narrated by Kevin Sorbo.
0: Are they trying to control the climate or you? Well, those are the questions we're going to explore in this film, and the answers may shock you.
2: Ezra seems super excited that Morano landed Hercules for the role, saying that he appreciates her defiant conservatism amongst leftist Hollywood. Ezra then starts naming conservative actors, Clint Eastwood, Dean Cain, and Mel Gibson. I guess that when all you have is acting role models are two Christian film stars whose career peaked in the 90s and an old racist man who yelled at a chair, why not include the man best known for having a drunken anti-semantic rant?
1: Mark Morano thinks that the COVID lockups are somehow related to, or are going to be used by climate change activists. The only connection he makes is that climate activists think that COVID shows us some ways in which we can lower our carbon footprint by, for example, no longer commuting to work, but I'm not sure why climate activists would want you to stay in your house indefinitely, since it will have no effect on the climate whatsoever. That being said, Mark Morano doesn't even believe that COVID is real, so why does he need to have an argument for this? After all, the first time we discussed Mark Morano on this show, he was promoting the idea that leftists are promoting cannibalism to fight global warming. Mark Morano is not well.
2: Lauren Gunther makes his triumphant return to the rebel by having a boring discussion with Ezra about Trudeau's throne speech. The whole discussion again, centered around the trans mountain pipeline as Ezra and Lauren speculated about how the liberals will eventually stop building the pipeline. They never thought they would start building in the first place. When this pipeline is finally finished, Lauren and Ezra will start discussing how the pipeline is actually a holographic optical illusion and that the pipeline doesn't even exist starting a cult group of Trans Mountain troopers who harass people in the street, telling them that the pipeline isn't real and never was actually completed.
1: It's the pipeline that'll never be done, but it's always being built. (laughs) And that is the week. So, Caitlin, I don't know if you've heard the news, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg is dead. And Ezra wants to talk about it, so now we have to talk about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like <laughs> the whole protection of women's rights really rested on an 87 year old woman who was battling cancer and battled other health issues for multiple years, and that's just sad. That's so sad that the rights of women literally rest on this one old lady. Because you just needed one Republican coming in to turn that all over. And that's what's going to happen. And so it's fucking sad.
1: Yeah. I mean, the death itself is sad. I, I mean, she's
2: 87. Me Pardon? <laughs> she's 87. Me I mean, like, it's, that's part of life. Like, I don't know. Like, for me, and it probably is not the greatest thing to say, but it's like when they're really old, I'm like, ah, you lived a full life. Yes. Yeah. when they're younger that I get sadder about it.
1: No, I mean, that that part's true. I meant sad in terms of of what this is going to mean for women's rights going forward now that this has happened. Uh, And, like, we're going to get into it in a second because Ezra brings it up as well. But, I mean, I get frustrated because, like, as you said, like, 87-year-old woman, she should have known. I mean, she knew she had cancer back when Barack Obama was still president, and she decided not to resign.
2: Yeah, that's insane they have pancreatic cancer which is like awful it's like a very very slow painful death and there's nothing you can do about it
1: yeah and i'm i kind of like stuck in this this position where i feel like i'm constant well not constantly like it, i feel like what's happening is i have to balance sort of like two competing ideas in my head which is that i want to respect her legacy and the things that she did accomplish that were good and all the, that she did for women's rights and, and, and appreciate that. But at the same time, I get frustrated with some of her legacy. Like the fact that she, one of her Supreme court rulings was to allow a pipeline to go through uh, indigenous territory. Uh, (laughs) And it's like things like this where it's like her legacy isn't perfect. And the fact that she refused to resign when Obama asked her, Uh, back when he was still president and it's frustrating because she did so much for women's rights and that is amazing but by her sticking on the staying on the court and sticking to it even though she knew she had cancer has has made women's rights almost like in a more precarious position because of it right
2: but what was the solution to that
1: resign and let obama pick someone like. Sotomayor that he picked before who's been f- I have no issues with Sotomayor right now <laughs> and I, I will I say I think in the future when people leftists look back on the court I think Sotomayor is going to be seen as like a far more left beacon on the court than, than RBG was but we will see
2: no I'm not saying she's perfect at all but it's just like I don't know but like she did so much so much. How could you? I don't know. Can't hate.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's not hate. It's it's frustration. I guess my frustration is just that this what's what's going to happen now because she passed away, and when she passed away, and of course she couldn't have planned when she was gonna go, right? But it's yeah. it's just it's happened at a time where, I mean, what America is going through right now is insane. and it's coming to a crossroads right like now. And we're going to get into who Trump is nominating in a second, but like what's going to be replacing RBG is not good. Not good. And uh, I'm, I'm worried about my American friends that have to deal with uh, what's coming next. So those are my thoughts. And now for Ezra's, (laughs) I found this episode weird just because it was almost him. Just like, saying a bunch of stuff about the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but I wasn't sure, like, what, if he had, like, a coherent narrative or point he was trying to make. So the one thing he starts off with is he mentions that now the left is threatening riots because of RBG's death. And I guess as a leftist, have you heard about any of these proposed riots? (laughs) No. Yeah. I Like, I haven't even... I guess if I if I saw anything on social media about this, it was more like liberal types who were starting to get agitated. And frankly, uh, you know, if the liberals want to start getting agitated on the left flank, I don't mind that. Like, let's go, I'll join you. But <laughs> it seems to me like the leftists are still more concerned with Black Lives Matter and are on the streets fighting that right now.
2: Yeah, which I think is a more pressing issue. Yeah. If you're going to riot, why would you riot? I don't
1: know. <laughs> well, especially because, like, what, what could they do in that? It's not like rioting is going to fix the Supreme Court uh, unless the riot is so large that it becomes a revolution and they just remove the United States entirely, <laughs> which would be
2: yeah.
1: cool. Well, I think the
2: issue and... In- even the issue about where you're saying, like, with Obama and stuff, about how she should have, you know, resigned then. It's the fact that you have a system where the president appoints someone to that position. That's insane to me.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the Senate confirms, but, like... I know. But, it's but still, if you have a majority that's Republican
2: or a majority that's Democrat, obviously that's going to fucking happen.
1: Like, you shouldn't want a political court, right? Like in in the theoretic or, or like utopian idea of the court, they should just be calling balls and strikes rather than being like, I'm a Republican, therefore I vote this way. Now, that being said, I don't think you can just call balls and strikes, which leads to the further thing, which is that I don't I don't think we should have a Supreme Court with this much power like the like what you were saying earlier. The fact that all this rested, like all these women's rights rested on one 87-year-old woman on a court is insane to me. Yeah. It, sh- it shouldn't rest. That, like that, like It shouldn't be based on just this one fragile thing sitting there that you can knock out and it all crumbles. Yeah. Ezra moves from that to then sort of like trying to argue that RBG was in fact not a leftist. And his evidence for this is he talks so recently, RBG made statements that were critical of Colin Kaepernick, and she called his protest stupid. The other thing she did was she argued against the idea of court packing. And Ezra says that this is evidence that she was, in fact, more of a liberal than a leftist. And I would actually agree with him. Yeah, no, I agree too. But it's just weird to me that he. He somehow still thinks that it's the left that's going to be like rioting for. So it's like, I don't like it's it's, because like in my head, I, I felt that Ezra constantly sort of like merges the left and liberal together and like they're not distinguished to him. But it's clear now, like here, he's actually separating the two. There are leftists and then there's liberals. The other, th- like, this is another thing he said that actually doesn't make any sense to me at all, but I'm going to say it anyway. So she goes, it's like, the, the he says, the left only liked her because she was old and they would get to replace her. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, if anything, the left was mad at her for not resigning back when Obama was president, right?
2: For time time in that, it's also like, wouldn't you like the fact that a Republican appointed member would be getting old because yeah. then you, yeah. Like then, cause you want more on the, on the court. You wouldn't want less. You wouldn't just want to replace the same person.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, you make a good point.
2: That doesn't make any sense to me. Like why would I just want her to die just to replace her with someone that's more leftist than her?
1: Right, because I, mean, I just want
2: her, and then the more leftist person to sit on the court. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Because I would one hundred percent, I would one hundred percent would rather Ruth Bader Ginsburg be the centrist on the court. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, that would be a way better court than having, uh, Clarence Thomas, who's insane, <laughs> insane to the right, you know, and then Roberts, who's also a pretty insane conserv- conservative is currently the center of the court which is uh, not good for America. Ezra then praises the fact that Trump is appointing all kinds of conservatives, which again, Ezra has said on his show that judges should be apolitical, but then he, after saying that, he constantly promotes the idea that he's glad that they're all conservatives. So, you know, just pointing out the contradictions, even though they don't matter. <laughs> we know now, although Ezra was speculating at the time, that Trump appointed Amy Cone- Coney Barrett. Now, yeah, she hasn't been voted on in the Senate yet, but she is his nomination that he's putting forward. And already before she was the nom, people already assumed that she would be, and for good reason, because he eventually chose her. But they're now saying that any attack on her is somehow like anti-Christian bias, that somehow they're attacking her for her Christianity.
2: Well, I think they're because she's like talked about how she's a part of this like sect cult-like part of Christianity where they have this belief that women shouldn't own property or should have at least their men's approval. He's taking it as if that's like a legitimate religion to be respected.
1: (laughs) It's not just that it needs to be respected. Like she, so she's part of a Catholic cult. So it's not just Christian, it's Catholic. And it's a Catholic cult that even the Catholic Church doesn't like. No. yeah,
2: I know. That's what I'm trying to say is like, why do I have to respect a religion that is not even like really recognized and isn't something that advocates the well-being of humans? I don't understand. Is, is Ezra are gonna say the same thing when someone says they're from the the Santanic Church?
1: No, because that's, I don't know, that, that is being pro-anti-Christian bias or something. He'll probably like, somehow it's always anti-Christian bias. They're always out to get the Christians, even though he himself is Jewish.
2: Yeah, I was about to say, why would he even fucking care?
1: Well, I mean, I care about prejudice. It's just like, I don't care about made-up prejudice. Because so, here's the thing, if Catholics were really being prejudiced against, I'd be worried about it. But do you know how many Supreme Court justices are Catholic?
2: It's not even that. It's like, what's the dominant religion? Half of your freaking laws in the United States are based on Christianity, and it's ridiculous. It's like even even your Constitution was made by some Christian white guys. The,
1: so the only the only thing that I want to the reason why I asked you the question about how many judges are Catholic because like there's been a history of anti-Catholicism in America, especially within the evangelical movements. So a lot of the evangelical movements even see. Uh, a lot of the Pope is always being the Antichrist. It's usually either the Democratic president or the Pope are their two candidates for who they think is the Antichrist or the Queen in uh, England. It's usually Those are usually who get labeled as the Antichrist. But the point being is like on the court, I, be- I think the last time I checked. And maybe I'll edit this out if it's not true. <laughs> but. Most, a majority of the judges currently sitting on the American Supreme Court are actually Catholics. So it's like to say that somehow we deny Amy Coney, Coney Barrett because of her Catholicism is just fucking stupid.
2: No, but you are denying her of her Catholicism because you're taking the core belief of that type of religion and you're denying that it's a good, it's a good belief to have. So you are being critical of her based on her religion. But the problem is her religion's absolute bullshit.
1: Yeah. Her religion. Like her... her yeah,
2: that's what I'm trying to say. is, Her religion is bullshit and you don't have to fucking respect a religion. Yeah. Just because someone says I'm this religious, like I believe in this religion, doesn't mean I have to fucking respect it. If you have like... Do you know there's a church in the States... The church, it's like spiritual church or spiritual something. And it literally is about drinking DMT. And because they don't have it regulated, people get seizures all the time. But because they say it's a religious organization, they can just keep fucking doing it despite the fact that people have died because of their, that's stupid. That's dumb. That's just a bunch of people who want to freaking do DMT and want an excuse to do it. And they're doing it at the harm of people. So why would I like accept something as a religion just for you to harm other people and have these beliefs that are harmful?
1: Yeah, and that's that's the thing with that's, what, that's the thing with what people like Ezra are saying, right? Because if you say, like, it would be one thing if we were being biased against her, because like not for any specific reasons that you're listing here right now, but just like, like because she's Catholic, like without just just the fact, J- just like hating Jews because they're Jewish, not like hating a specific practice of Judaism right like something like that so i could understand why that would be bigoted but the thing is ezra will never go through what amy actually believes such that he could understand why we think that she's not good right for him he has to just keep it at the level that all you're doing is attack attacking her catholicism and christianity when it's like no we have specific reasons about her specific version of Catholicism that worries us, including how she views uh, women and and her ideas on abortion and such. So.
2: Yeah, exactly. And another thing, too, is like when people are implementing those beliefs into their job, could you imagine if it was like, I'm going to do a job that can affect another person psychologically, physically, emotionally on their day to day, but I'm gonna put my freaking religious beliefs into that and say that's okay. It's a different thing for me to say, like, "Oh, you can't practice your religion. Like, go pray." But the fact that your religion affects someone in a harmful, harmful way is not okay. Yeah. That's not a good religion to be a part of. Nope. That's not a good belief, even if you want to keep the religion. But that's not a good belief to continue to have. Like, that's just absurd to me that people think that's okay. To use the use the thing like I'm being discriminated against, meanwhile, the core belief is harm onto other people, believing people are subhuman. That's not okay. Yep. It's not like that's the problem. If your core foundations of your religion is to dehumanize other beings, then your religion doesn't deserve respect. If that is the core principles of your religion. It's different when there's groups out there that like twist the religion. But when it's like the core foundations of what you believe in, no, I don't have respect for it.
1: And, and when you vocalize that, when you get into power, this is what you're going to do.
2: <laughs> it's No, that's what I'm saying. Her, she cannot be impartial. How can she sit on a Supreme Court? She's already admitted she's not an impartial person. She can't sit and look at a case and think of it impartially. She's going about it with the fact that she has all these beliefs. Yeah. And the fact that her beliefs harm people, you shouldn't be given a job. Based on those beliefs then. And I know that comes off like religious discrimination, but it really isn't. No, if you're, you're exactly right. If you worked with vulnerable populations and your religious beliefs targeted those vulnerable populations, you should not work in that position. Go do another job. Mm-hmm. It's like when doctors refuse to give women abortions because of laws that now have allowed them to refuse that, I don't think you should be a fucking doctor. I think your medical license should be revoked because you're actually causing bodily harm onto another human being. And that's against the oath you take. And that's the same thing for lawyers too. So I think she should be disbarred. That's how strong, you know. I'm so strong about (laughs) this.
1: I know it's like. No, I I agree with you. And here's the thing. I mean, this gets into the next point that he makes, which is about whether or not the Democrats could actually stop her. And uh, you know, it doesn't look like they can stop her. No, of
2: course they can't, because you have a system that's put into place so you can't stop these things. Yeah. And that's the problem is the law has been set up in a certain way to disadvantage certain groups continuously.
1: Yeah, and, and that worries me too about liberals as well who still have this idea of, of law being this magical thing that's going to help us. But it, it, law itself is the result of many systemic biases that are built in place.
2: Exactly, yeah.
1: and so um, America is going to head into some good times. <laughs> uh, sorry, American friends, uh, I laugh because I'm terrified. On the topic of of whether or not Democrats could do anything, Ezra does say that they shouldn't do anything. Not just because like they can't, but he he's like trying to warn the liberals, being like, if you push too hard, you're going to lose the election. And his reason for saying this is, I guess, Ezra argues that after the Kavanaugh struggle occurred, the Democrats lost a few seats in the Senate. Okay. Now, in reality, a lot of those people, it didn't look like they were going to win prior to the Kavanaugh hearings. And so them losing was not a big deal. But if anyone remembers, 2018, that election was a good year for the Democrats. They took back the House. They had massive turnout. And so it's like for Ezra to think that somehow Democrats actually standing up for their values and fighting this would be bad politically is like so stupid. (laughs) But I I, I do think it's partly a strategy, too, because if you you could tell them that it would be disadvantaged, they won't fight. When I think that people on the left and liberals want to see people fighting. For this. We shouldn't have the person that you've portrayed for us on that Supreme Court who wants to put her bigoted religious beliefs uh, into power. Yeah. But that was pretty much all Ezra had to say about RPG's death and her replacement. But then he has Joe Pollock on to talk about the same thing. And he doesn't say all that much that I care to get into. I mean, he had a throwaway line that I thought was stupid where he said that RBG was not a thought leader like Scalia. <laughs> I'm just like, what is a thought leader? Like, this is such a stupid thing to say in the first place. So I was like, was
2: winning on the marketplace of ideas.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Like all I know about Scalia was that he was a raging bigot. Like, <laughs> what a thought leader.
2: But according to Joel Pollack, he's winning in the marketplace of he's, ideas.
1: He's technically lost because he's dead. <laughs> 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 they then start talking about all the things that they claim the left is arguing in favor of, which i th- I would agree that the left is arguing for some of this stuff, which is to have uh court packing, and he he argues Ezra and Pollock are both arguing that this goes against the rules, whatever these magical rules are they're talking about, and they said that packing the court is the is akin to the left's desire for mail and ballots and Ezra even says that if if the election in America is not called on election day it's clearly like fraudulent and voter fraud's taking place
0: it's interesting that she has a big enough view of the world that although she's a down the line liberal she sees the problems with a clearly partisan trick and i think that the fact that she was against that kind of trickery joel and the democrat party wants that kind of trickery now is very similar to the Democratic Party right now saying, well, we're going to have mail-in ballots. We're going to keep counting them after the official voting day. We're not going to concede no matter what. It strikes me that she's fair-minded enough a judge to see rule rigging or uh, an attempt to change the rules by the Democrats. And she's grown up enough to, to blow the whistle on it. I think the calls to pack the court by the Democrats are of the same uh, species of trickery as their mail-in voting and their other plans not to concede if they lose.
1: And that is scary as shit because everyone, like, with all the mail-in ballots, it's not gonna be announced on election day. It's probably gonna take a week, two weeks. Elections in the past, including the George Bush Al Gore race, uh, they didn't technically announce a winner till like weeks later. It's going to take time to find out who won this year for the presidential race. But what you're going to see, and everyone needs to know about this, is that people on the right are going to claim that if there is no announcement of who the president is on election day, or if it's leaning Trump and then switches to Democrats a week later, they're going to try to do shit to reinstate Trump as president. And you need to be vigilant and you need to start getting motivated and do shit about it because this happened in 2000 when George Bush ran against Al Gore and they will try to steal it again. And now, just like back then, they had a 5-4 majority on that court and the Supreme Court ruled in George Bush's favor and basically decided the election. The voters didn't decide because Al Gore technically won that election. The courts did. And I'm worried that the courts are going to do this again. And I just hope this time the public don't just go, yes, the courts rule because they're magical and almighty and we must listen to them and then don't do anything about it. So to end our show today, I just want to say there's a presidential debate tonight. And I don't know when it starts. Maybe it's happening right now and I just don't know it. But uh, I'm actually not going to watch it and don't really care. Same. (laughs) Unless it comes up. I might have to glance at it if Ezra starts talking about it, but uh, I kind of want to just avoid it. But Ezra did want to talk about the presidential race this week. And I just want to say that there seems to be a lot of mixed messaging here. So I just think that's interesting to note. But the main argument against Biden is that he's old, which is <laughs> true, but he's just that he's like the same age as Trump. So what does it matter? They also say Harris wants to be president and it's like, no shit. She just ran for president. (laughs) And then they had this like weird segment where they're like, she's, she's too tough on crime. And then they play like the clips of her that like we've all seen where uh, like one of them is she laughs about jailing uh, parents for their child's truancy and stuff like this. And it's not cool. And Harris has like backtracked on some of that stuff, but it still doesn't excuse that she did it in the first place. But anyway, so their argument is she's too tough from crime, too tough on crime, and then they move from that saying she's not tough enough. (laughs) And then like showing how she's in favor of Black Lives Matter, so therefore she's not tough enough. Okay. If you're trying to convince someone, like is that a good convincing strategy? And then he ends on showing uh, because he's talking about the the riots. he shows an interaction that happened in l a where Black Lives Matter protests uh, got in front of this car that drove through a crowd of them, didn't hit anyone in the crowd, but like people were clearly telling them to stop. anyways, they chased the car down, there's an altercation, and then they say, "This is what's going to happen in Joe biden's America." and I always I always love that statement because it's currently Trump's America <laughs> you know so it's like when you're seeing violence now in Trump's America then wouldn't wouldn't the uh, like connection or causal inference be that if Trump gets reelected you're going to see more of this and yet they always say that's what's going to happen in Biden's America yeah this is this is what we get to look forward to for the next 2 months i think <laughs> who do you think's going to win the debate
2: who's going to win the debate neither cuz they both suck <laughs> <laughs> I just that both are shit.
1: Do you think anything could happen that would surprise you?
2: Biden backtracks on his Medicare for all position and says free education for all.
1: How much would you want to bet that at least one of them challenges the other to a push-up competition?
2: Well, <laughs> I bet a lot. I, know it's not <laughs> I don't think any of them can do a push-up.
1: Cool. so here's here's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if there will be a challenge to a push up contest, and then there's a second like bet, which is like, will they actually do the push up contest <laughs> and then a further bet would any of them like stroke out because they're so old and can't do push. <laughs> So did you see how many COVID cases we had yesterday?
2: 700 and I think like five something this morning yep
1: so, yeah. uh, great news Canada <laughs> I thought like for a proactive segment that all we can do is tell you to please try to contact your MPs and tell them to stop opening the province up while this pandemic is starting to get out of control. Yeah. I don't know that it'll have an effect, but not doing anything is also not going to have an effect. And uh, I don't want more people to die of this virus. I also wanna say that while I was editing last week's episode today, before we recorded this episode, that more people have been arrested in connection with the Land Back action in Caledonia. So, again, I will post the land back link probably consistently until this whole thing is over because people continue to be arrested. And they're doing it sneakily by just going up to their house when they're not in an event and doing it like without raising any media attention or creating any alarm. And there's been a lot of them almost every day. They're rounding up more indigenous people. And that's bad. And I know I always feel awkward by like transitioning to this part to go into our own like pitch for our own stuff. So please, donate to Land Back first. But if you have any extra income, donate to us afterwards. And with that, if you enjoy what you've heard so far, <laughs> please give us a few bucks over on patreon.com slash imperialnews. If you want to stay informed about what we're doing, you can also find us on Twitter at Imperial News of a Z. We have a private Facebook group called Imperial News. We also have a Discord set up. And we will be doing Twitch streams every Friday at 8 p.m. You can find all the links to our social media stuff on Twitter. Lastly, you can email us any questions at imperial.fake.news at gmail.com. Special thanks to my friend Mason Tickle for the transition beats. You can find his work at striatum.bandcamp.com. Thank you for listening. And may the Lords please grant Biden the ability not to stroke out on stage tonight. Amen.
2: But if he has a stroke, what ends up happening?
1: What, What happens? Yeah, what well, if he died? Kamala Harris then feeds on his corpse and gains <laughs> his power.
0: <laughs> Albumbia,
2: Albumbia, how lovely are your wheat fields!